Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and I'll tell you what, I am happy today. Why am I happy? Because right now the Washington Redskins and the Bears are playing, which will put an end to week three. And as somebody that works in the industry, when you have to make projections, it is so tough prior to week three because trends aren't really in place yet. And now, going forward, we will start to see trends and they'll get stronger, etc. And I'll tell you one trend that's very strong here, and that's that I'm joined weekly by my man, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? You know, it's going pretty good. It was a interesting week, certainly, uh, where uh, I, I feel like I did pretty much everything right and still had a lot of stuff go wrong for me. It, <laughs> but at least, you know what, it's it's Monday night. Uh, it's nice and comfortable here. I'm sitting here enjoying a very nice uh, glass of red wine tonight, going away from the beer for one night because we did a little beef stroganoff, and I feel like red wine goes better with beef stroganoff than beer, but... Uh, you know, the Redskins are facing the Bears. Uh, this should be a one-sided affair, but who knows? Things happen, right? Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you that guy that put the 89-cent bet on the, like, 673-team parlay that wins 500 grand if the Redskins win outright tonight? Uh, I'm not that guy, but I did stack a couple lineups on FanDuel tonight in the showdown slate with uh, – predominantly Redskins players. So. <laughs> well, I'll be pulling for Vernon Davis and Landon Collins because I need about 30 points combined from those guys to get a win in the um, Huddles IDP Expert League. But um, not really into talking too much about leagues right now because uh, I've suffered some injuries. I'm going to be 0-3. No, I am 0-3. I have nobody going tonight um, in the Scott Fishbowl, and I own Saquon Barkley. So with that, I'm going to go cry in the My Merlot while I throw it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Jalen Ramsey, who is seeking a trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars, missed practice Monday with the flu. (coughs) In related news, Ramsey was seen early this afternoon parking his Ferrari outside of a Jacksonville restaurant. Ramsey did not have reservations for the restaurant, but attempted to bypass this by convincing the host that he was the sausage king of Florida. Jaguars coach Doug Rooney was unavailable for comment. (laughs) The Antonio Brown saga took a turn for the dark this past week as allegations of sexual assault, rape, and fraudulent business dealings came out. Following the crazy week of allegations, New England abruptly cut Brown outright. Later this past weekend, 
Brown went on a rant claiming that he was done with the NFL. Antonio, I think that I speak on behalf of the entire league in stating that the NFL is done with you as well. (laughs) Keanu Neal will miss the rest of the season following a torn Achilles tendon suffered this past weekend. This is the second season in a row that Neal will miss the majority of the year with an injury after sustaining a knee injury week one of last year. Seeing as how the injuries have moved down from his knee to his heel, we can safely assume that next year, Neil will suffer a season-ending injury due to either plantar fasciitis or turf toe. (laughs) Speaking of foot injuries, Cam Newton has already been ruled out for week four with his foot injury. However, based on the strong showing by Kyle Allen this past weekend, Ron Rivera has stated that he hopes Cam will only miss the next 13 weeks. And finally, Saquon Barkley suffered a high ankle sprain Sunday and may miss up to eight weeks. Fantasy football. Gotta love it, right? This has been your BPN News Update. Man, you know how to hit hard. Gotta go with Saquon last like that and make me have well, a I, I know that, that uh, a certain player might have been taken as the first overall pick in a... Uh, certain 900 person tournament that you may have been a part of yes 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 and hey i was smart enough to grab his backup at the time of the draft mr gallman but then i thought about it and waivers hit week one or week two whatever it was and i decided look at my lineup who can i afford to get rid of i'm going to get rid of gallman and there was a reason i know that there's always a chance for barkley to get hurt i just don't think he's the guy that they would commit to that's going to make that much of a difference He's not going to give you well, Bar- he's not going to give you Saquon Barkley numbers. That's the exact truth. He's not he's not Saquon. I mean, he's Wayne Gallman, and now yeah. he's Wayne Gone Man. I mean, <laughs> you might get flex play out of him occasionally, but here's how I'm looking at it. I'm going to actually make a preemptive strike on the waivers this <clears> week in that league. I'm not sure the guy's available. I hope he is. I'm, I'm guessing he is. Um, I'm going to make a preemptive strike on C.J. Anderson on the belief that I think that if the Giants were going to bring somebody in, which they have to, they, they have to bring in another running back, um, I think that C.J. Anderson could at least get enough play, and I think he's good enough that he'll have flex to running back 2-3 value. Well, again, think back to last year. There was a team that lost a first-round running back to an injury, and they brought in C.J. Anderson, and there's a team that liked to throw the ball to their backs a lot, yeah, kind of like they do with Saquon Barkley in New York. So that yeah, might just be a perfect fit there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't have any inside information. But listen, in big leagues and really sharky leagues and leagues where your waiver wire is thin, you can't wait for something to happen. You've got to be preemptive and you've got to be out in front of it. So uh, if I pick him up and he doesn't sign, then he doesn't sign. I cut him loose and I pick somebody else up. But I, I'm not going after Gallman even if he's available. Exactly. I mean, again, Gallman is just a guy. And he's just a guy that's going to be playing on an otherwise fairly anemic offense. So if you're going to have a piece of that offense uh, and you can get a guy like CJ who has some like potential to step in and actually do something similar to Saquon, he's, he's not going to be Saquon either. No, but he's got a better but pedigree. He's got a better chance of being close to Saquon than 
wing Gallman. Well, and you know what? This is going to segue into what we're going to try and do this week. Um, so I would feel better about C.J. Anderson if the Giants signed him because, you know, they've got Hall of Fame quarterback starting now in Daniel Jones, um, who had a great week one. Actually, I'm being facetious here. But he did have a great week one, but people, over, really but people overreact. So my question is, when is a sample size too small? One week is clearly too small of a sample size to say what kind of career that Daniel Jones is going to have, right? I mean, he could seriously fall on his face for the rest of his career and be an absolute washout. Um, Kyle Allen, same thing. He's, he looks promising. Um, who's some guys that have looked lost, et cetera? But here's the problem. And this is... <laughs> Let's see. Let's give this segment a name this week. Let's call it the they are who we thought they were or are they, right? Are they who we thought they were? I'm not sure. Um, but here's the thing. We have to deal I think they are. We have to deal in sample size that is too small at the beginning of a fantasy season. And you've got to go off of keys that you see and, and what you believe is going to happen, right? So let's let's throw let me throw a scenario out there to you and I'll make it up. Um, somewhat make it up. Let's say that coming into this season, you had Terry McLaurin on your sleeper list, sleeper list, right? And I think that he would be way down on most people's sleeper lists, but the uh, deepest experts certainly like the potential of him pairing up at some point this season with his college quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Let's, let's just, but let's just act like there's a handful of people that were like, I believe in him and I'm drafting him as a wide receiver five or six, and I'm getting him on every team I have, right? Exactly. Three weeks into the season, the numbers he has are what Devontae Adams has put up so far this year, which are unflattering That numbers. is scary. They're unflattering numbers. Um, and I'll pull up Devontae Adams here in just a second, and I'll be able to tell you what they are after three weeks here. Um, so you're talking Devontae Adams – his numbers are 15 catches, 198 yards, no touchdowns. Let's say that say, is pretty close to what McLaren has done so far. He has 10 catches for 193 yards. I'm sorry, 197 yards and two touchdowns. But that's in two games. His third game's playing right now while we're recording. Exactly. So my question is if you had McLaren that high, where you were like, he's a sleeper, I know he's going to produce, and he comes out the gate slow like Adams does. You, are you going to cut him if you need a roster spot to pick up a replacement for Saquon Barkley if he was on your team? I think the answer is yes, right? Yeah, because when you when you drafted uh, McLaren you, or McLaren, you drafted him probably in the late rounds of your draft. You, you wasted maybe one or two dollars on him in your auction. You, you didn't have quite as much equity invested in McLaren as you would have had in Devontae Adams. It, but you know what? Equity doesn't matter once the season starts. It really doesn't. Okay. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is you're going to make a decision on McLaren based on a three-week stretch that is truly too small a sample size. But why is it that we can cut loose McLaren after three weeks with that kind of production, but we can't cut loose Devontae Adams? That's a rhetorical question because I have an answer for you. The reason is it's a small sample size for Adams to start the season, but there's a history that lets us know what we can expect. We're not hoping for a breakout. We know what Adams can do because he's done it. So when you draft these guys earlier in drafts and have more equity into them, as you said, you have to have a longer leash. But the truth is, after three or four weeks, we start to see 
who is who we thought they were or something along those lines. Exactly. And there's some people that uh, have, have begun to prove that they aren't who we thought they were. Who would you put in that realm? Well, I think before this coming week, I, I, I would say that O.J. Howard was kind of in that boat because I think a lot of us thought that he would be utilized a lot more in the offense this year, and he really wasn't. I mean, this week he did catch a couple of passes for 60-some-odd yards, but his usage has still been very, very sporadic, despite the fact that he's playing nearly 90% of the snaps. Right. So as an example— um, O.J. Howard is tight end 25 through three weeks. If you reverse that and you had O.J. Howard was tight end number 10 and George Kittle was tight end 25, Howard's easy to cut if you have to, right? Because you're, you're hoping that exactly. he's going to perform like he wants to. But if you have Kittle there, are you cutting him? The answer is no, and it's mm -hmm. because your sample size, while you're basing it off of the three games this year, your sample size truly is different um, for a player that has had a past, that you can see how they produce in an offense that they've been in. Howard's in a different offense. Bruce Arians has never really had a tight end that's produced, so they, everybody says, well, that's because he didn't have a talented tight end like he has in O.J. Howard. So what came first, chicken or the egg? So I just think that it's, it's an interesting way for when people say, don't always start your studs or you can't cut this guy because he's a stud or it doesn't matter if he's a stud, I'm cutting him. There is some logic behind you have to find a way to balance the sample versus what you've seen prior to the sample coming to, to light in previous seasons versus those um, basically psychology players. They, they come in and you hope you know what you're getting, but you don't know until you know. You know, I actually presented with a similar situation in George Kittle. Uh, I have a redraft league that I've been involved in for nearly 30 years now, and I spent a very early pick on George Kittle, uh, hoping that he would have a similar production to what he produced last year in his breakout season. Uh, through the first two weeks, he hasn't done much in that league. Now, in that league, I also have Austin Hooper, who I had a lot of uh, positive uh, vibes on, as a potential breakout tight end, tight end two yep. option coming into this year because of the uh, fact that uh, Dirk Cutter was coming back to be the offensive coordinator there. So I actually found myself after yesterday's games thinking about the matchups next week and considering, do I play Austin Hooper over George Kittle next week? You, you know what? Austin Hooper, 48 points, roughly. Travis Kelsey, 51 points. They're three points away from each other, right? Yep. You would not entertain trading Kelsey for, you know, what you would possibly take for Hooper. And that's the whole buy low, sell high type part of it where all sample sizes are not created equal. And I guess that's the one thing I want to get across to people is sample sizes aren't created equal, but at three weeks, start believing what you're seeing from guys that you expected to produce that aren't and that are producing that you didn't expect. And then, yeah, your, your old standbys, your George Kittles, your Zach Ertz, your Kelsey's, your Julio Jones, who's got, I think, a touchdown, 12 touchdowns over his last 12 games, believe it or not, um, your DeAndre Hopkins, your, o, your OBJs and stuff like that, and, you know, your, your Zeke's and your Christian McCaffrey's and all the guys, you know, um, your Nick Chubb's, who's, who's also struggling a little bit. 
you, you know what you have to do. You're going to give those guys a little more leeway. But you have to start to factor in what you're seeing as part of the equation, even though it truly is too small a sample to do it with. And it's kind of interesting that you mentioned three-game sample size because uh, we talk a lot about daily fantasy on here in DFS. And one of the things that goes into the algorithms used by the major DFS sites is roughly a three-game previous cycle. Uh, they look at the previous three games to kind of help set the line of where a player is moving either up or down. And uh, in a lot of cases, it's hard to speculate because you, you watch some players' stock go up and some players' stock go down a little bit. But then you see other players who haven't changed at all, one of which will come up in our DFS segment a little bit later today, despite the fact he's had three solid games now. Yeah, okay. So I don't know who we're going to talk about when that comes up because we don't discuss what we're doing DFS-wise between each other. But I'm going to throw something at you right now. Um, if, and I'm going to pull him up because I want to see exactly what his trend is here. Let me grab a calculator because I didn't plan to do this. So we're at 29 divided by 3 times 16. So we're on pace for 155 catches for 2,154 yards and 16 touchdowns. That is Keenan Allen. Okay, and for what it's worth to our listeners, we have been fighting with Skype for almost 45 minutes trying to get this issue of this podcast out to you, and that submarine sound is compliments of Skype. And I'm not stopping and editing it out this you time. Know, I don't think it was... Bit like a seal barking to me. What's that? It sounded like a seal barking. A seal barking? Well, it's doing something. It clearly does not want us to get this information out to people, and we're going to do it, damn it. Um, but th- that's Keenan Allen. He's on pace for, what, 145, 150 catches, 20, almost 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, and he's not even priced above 8,000 at um, DraftKings. He's 8,100 at FanDuel. If his name was DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown in years past, right? Julio Jones, he'd be exactly. approaching he'd be approaching nine thousand, ten thousand dollars. Tell me I'm wrong. You are exactly correct. Okay. So with that said, is there anything else you want to add about sample size and, and making decisions early in the season that are going to impact you over the course of the rest of the season? No, I think you hit on the head. Just remember, folks, again, keep a leash on the guys who have a who have history. Not just that short sample size. Keep a much, much longer leash on them. And I'll leave you with this. You know what? I saw people complain about Chris Godwin. Is he still in the NFL because he had a bad week this week? Because Mike Evans ate. You don't get to complain about Chris Godwin with what he gave you in weeks one and two. Look, bad weeks happen for all players usually except for the very, very elite. So don't get full of yourself. Be happy that that fifth, sixth round receiver, seventh round, whatever eighth round that you got him in has given you what he's given you because a lot of guys have gotten shafted on receivers they've taken a lot earlier than that. So just because you got one bum week in a week where Mike Evans went off, deal with it. Well, not to mention the uh, poor souls that drafted Saquon Barkley first overall. Yeah, that too, that too. Hey, listen, I must have been living well because I think I had three first-round picks this year, believe it or not. Um, I got Christian McCaffrey. No, I'm sorry. I had two first-round picks. I got Saquon in one league, and then I took Christian McCaffrey in another league, and then I pulled the third pick in the Football Guys IDP League, and I got Christian McCaffrey third, which to me was like having the first overall pick. That's a steal. That is such a steal. So. I could have had Kamara's, too. Actually, I'm not sure if I could have had him in that league. He might have went second and Zeke went fourth, I think. So Anytime, anytime I could get C-Mac this year, I was all over him. And uh, yep. 
I, I fortunately uh, I put him into a few lineups this past week. I I said a lot about being scared with going with the uh, with the running backs with paired with the rookie quarterbacks or the unproven quarterbacks, and uh, then I went ahead and stuck with McCaffrey in a couple lineups, anyways. And fortunately, he came through for me. All right, you know what? We're going to devise a new game plan here. It's halftime. And we're going to go in and we're going to make some adjustments because Skype is really screwing with us and they don't like you today, Harley. You keep becoming mechanical. So we're going to move to DFS and we're going to give our plays, stayaways, and value plays. We're going to try and do yours quickly so that we know who you're playing at least and staying away from. And then if we miss any commentary, then so be it. We'll blame Skype. And just like that, Skype acted up again. And now this is actually taking place about 15 minutes um, prior to when I said, let's just hurry up with Harley's picks. So, Harley, we're trying something a little different now. We both shut off our video. Um, hopefully it cooperates better and we can get through this DFS segment so that people can at least make some money and not have to worry about hearing submarine sounds and mechanical robotic sounds and all that kind of stuff and instead can hear cash sounds. Well, you know, back in college, uh, a lot of people said I had a face made for radio, so maybe this will work out. I say that all the time, too. You know, there's a plus for being in radio, and there's a plus for writing. Um, in radio, you don't have to worry about spelling or grammar, right? Well, yeah, but also in radio, if you really have to go to the bathroom, you have to pick your favorite meatloaf song and put it on. There you go. The other thing is, but in radio, you have to know how to pronounce people's names. So you can't call him Travis Kels. He's got to be Travis Kelsey, whereas if you're writing, you get his name right. It doesn't matter how you say it. Um, Ogun, exactly. O, o, like I, I call him Ogun. Ogun Bajubi. Um, I know I just screwed that up there. The guy from um, the Tampa Browns. Bay. No, see, not, I'm not talking about Dare or Dare. I'm talking, see, and that's another one. Is it Dare or Dare? I, you don't have to worry about that if you're writing, but you know, then you got to figure out where the column, the comma goes. But anyway, I digress. Let's get to it. Um, how many are we going to be um, in agreement on between quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end tonight? I think the. Line is four tonight. I'm taking the over tonight. Interesting. Yep. And I'll tell you this. I hated running back. I'm just going to tell it right now. I hated running back. um, Kind of. But I really hated quarterback. So I'll let you start off with quarterback. Okay. I'm going to pay up for Patrick Mahomes at Detroit. Detroit has just been so-so against the pass all season. And Mahomes, well, he just got it done versus Baltimore. If he can do it versus Baltimore, I have 100% faith in him being able to do it against Detroit. So we don't agree there. Um, Not that I don't agree with playing Patrick Mahomes. I always tend to shy away from guys on the road, as you know. But I really thought I had the play that you were going to like a lot. And that is Russell Wilson um, this week. I know he's on the road, but he is playing Arizona. Arizona has made what quarterbacks look like Hall of Famers this year? Um, Kyle Allen's one of them, right? Well, Kyle Allen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I no, think, I, I was all in on Russell Wilson, but uh, I thought he was a little too far down the uh, pay-to-play spectrum. I mean, that's kind of going the opposite of what we normally do. I usually go a little bit lower. You usually go a little bit higher. But. Exactly. That's why I took the over because I thought for sure I nailed it. I thought that that's one of those ones where you're like, I'm going to pay up for Russell Wilson. I'm like, he's barely above six grand. What do you mean pay up? So, but <laughs> if they're both both good plays, I think. Stay away. I've got two guys and. I decided that I'm not going to compl- I'm not going to pick one or the other. I'm just going to tell you I'm staying away from the Buffalo New England game at quarterback. That works, uh, and we're going to match partially there because I'm staying away from Tom Brady at Buffalo. The Bills have allowed the eighth fewest passing yards per game, 
and only one passing touchdown per game. Oh, yeah, and Brady, he has a total of three touchdowns against this defense over their last four meetings, with only one game during that four-game span with more than 260 passing yards. Brady always seems to suffer against Buffalo. So I had Tom written down first, and then when I was looking for my value plays and stuff like that, I noticed how the Josh Allen was not expensive, but expensive enough that I went, oh, you know what? He's not somebody I'll even be willing to play as a value play. New England's defense has yet to surrender an offensive touchdown this year. So I'm staying away from both those guys. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, count, we'll count that as a match. How's that? That works. Who's your value well, play? Early, earlier on I said that, uh, assuming the listeners heard me among all the robotic background noise, but earlier on I was saying that there's a certain player whose price is – not going up despite the fact he's had a couple good weeks here, and that's Matthew Stafford. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, this week he gets Kansas City. Now, I'm just going to keep riding Stafford as long as DraftKings and FanDuel keep his price as low as it is. Uh, Casey has played better the last two weeks against the pass, but they haven't faced a, a deep wide receiver core like the Lions have yet. they got Kenny Galladay, you have Marvin Jones Jr., you've got Danny Amendola, who is resurrecting his PPR self there. Carry so, uh, on Johnson, certainly capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. Good good matchup here for Stafford. No, I'm with you. I had Stafford as my value play also, and I think that it helps the fact that you know that Kansas City is going to put points on the board. So I don't believe Detroit will be able to run the ball as much as they would like, and that means Stafford gets to chuck the ball, and chucking the ball for 5,500, 6,900 makes you a good value play in my eyes. So we've got two that we match on so far. Excellent. We're going to, we're going to clean sweep. No, we're not. We're going to do two or three on running back. How's that? I don't think you're going to pick my value play. <laughs> uh, probably not then, but that's the one I don't think we're going to catch up, get together. So, um, Who are you paying up for at running back? I think it's easy. I'm, I'm going to pay up for Austin Eckler at Miami. Yep. yep. You know, uh, with the type of stats he's going to produce this week, Melvin Gordon might not even have a job when he comes back. Opposing running backs are averaging 214 yards and two touchdowns per game against this Miami joke of a defense. Yep, Austin Eckler is who I'm paying up for. And you know what? If his name wasn't Austin Eckler, he'd be priced a lot higher also. Exactly. I mean, he's already producing stats like Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley produced a couple of years ago. Yep, he really is. Um, okay, so we agree there. I think we're going to agree on our stay away. You can't pick Barkley, of course, because everybody knows he's out. I'm staying away from Dalvin Cook against the Chicago defense in Chicago. Ding, 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 ding. No, that was not the submarine sound or the seal sound. That was me ringing the bell because we matched again. There's the four. I only need one more to go over now. Dalvin Cook at Chicago. You know, Cook has looked like a all-star back so far this year, but this will be his first real test. It's on the road versus an elite group of linebackers. You know, I'm still thinking Cook's going to put together a decent line, think like maybe 75, 80 total yards. Yep. But it's not going to be the numbers that he's put out the last, the first three weeks. Well, he could put out 75 to 80 yards rushing, 25 to 35 receiving, add in one touchdown, but he's not going to get you three times value. And at that price, I don't want to just have an okay game from Dalvin Cook. Um, I think there's more downside than upside this week, unfortunately, and I'm high on Cook this year. Well, who is your value play? I couldn't find one. I truly could not find a value play I liked. There's a, guy, a lot of guys I can say, okay, price-wise, go with this. Price-wise, go with this. Price-wise, go with this. And it just seems like there's so many matchups that I just absolutely despise. Um, 
I looked at Kenyon Drake. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. I'll feel dirty. Uh, I can't trust that Darwin Thompson's going to get enough play. Carlos Hyde, ugh, gag me. I thought about Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, can't go Frank Gore against that New England defense. Chris Thompson I like, but I'm like, eh, if, if there's any success there, it, might, it probably will be Adrian Peterson. I, so I'm going with a guy that I don't feel good about, but Josh Jacobs. Okay, I could see that. Uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned my value play about three times in that uh, mention. That was Adrian Peterson yeah. at the Giants. The Giants have gotten gutted the last two weeks by really, really vanilla running attacks from Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Uh, you know, at this point in his career, Adrian Peterson is kind of the definition of mediocre. But Peterson was taken out of the game against this. Uh, Giants team last year due to game script in December, but in their earlier meeting, Peterson ran for 149 rushing yards, and he scored twice, including one through the air, which never happens. Yeah, I, that's I just it's in New York, and Danny Dimes, you know, we'll be calling him Danny Half Dollar pretty soon or something. I don't know. First game in New York, could see a little bit more of an electric type atmosphere. It just doesn't feel good to me, and that's why I said I couldn't do it. But I, did, I really truly didn't like anybody. I wanted to like Chris Thompson, but I, I figured, what if it winds up being a slower game? Then it does play an age. It just, yeah, I hated that value play this week. That's all I can say. Well, you talk about like uh, issues with people's uh, how the you know if you come. Yeah, so this is where Skype this, this is where Skype's playing with us again, and now we can't hear anything that Harley was saying. Um, so Harley, if you can hear me, let's move on to wide receiver. I can. Okay, see he's back. Um, sorry that what you said wasn't heard. Was it important? No, no, no. I was just uh, pointing out the fact that uh, I, I wonder how the New York media will treat Daniel Jones if he has a bad game next week. He's not Eli, so he'll be okay. Um, with that, let's move on to wide receiver. I guarantee we're going to agree here. I'll give mine, and then I'll let you say yup, and then you can tell people why. Um, but I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins, who is actually better known as Keenan Allen right now, um, who seems to be a mix of Randy Moss and Marvin Harrison and Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins all from back in the day combined. Um, Keenan Allen at $7,600 is stealing for a payup. Well, you know, single number one wide receiver to face Miami has – at least one time this year. And I thought Miami was supposed to have a pretty good cornerback by the name of Xavier Howard, but he apparently has not been lining up on their number one opponent's receivers. Ellen, meanwhile, leads all wide receivers in targets, receptions, and yards. And his three scores uh, through the air ranks fourth overall. Keenan Allen at Miami makes five matches for us today. There you go. I knew it was coming. The overhits. All right, who I have two guys I wrote down for my stay away. I crossed one out because he still has a little more upside. The other guy, I truly, I think everybody's going to overplay him. Um, I'll tell you who I wrote down, and I still think we're going to get a match here. Initially, I had OBJ down because Baker and that offensive line and the play calling just looks a mess right now, right? But Mike yes. Evans, Mike Evans is who I have to stay away from. Yes, he did an undertaker this week. Yes, it was a beautiful thing if you owned him. It was horrible if you went up against him. But the matchup that he has this week is far from a good one um, against that Rams secondary. So crashing back down to earth, I'm not paying up for Mr. Evans, so I'm going to stay away from him. 
I totally agree with that play, but that was not my pick. Oh, you stink. I'm, I'm staying away from Julio Jones versus Tennessee. Titans have allowed the eighth fewest yards to opposing wide receivers. And opposing number one wide receivers have averaged only 5.3 catches and only 53 yards per game. And as a threesome, they've combined for just one touchdown. I can see that. I hate I hate not being able to play Julio, but it makes sense. And you know, even as the number one wide receiver, he's only seventy eight and eighty five hundred dollars. So no no sense in pushing it when you can get a guy like Keenan Allen instead for cheaper with a much better matchup. Exactly. So I wrote down. Let me see. One, two, three, three guys. I wrote down as my value play. Of course, I've crossed out two of them. Um, I will tell you that the first guy that I had listed was Paris Campbell um, because I like the matchup, but that's a pretty big leap of faith if you're going to trust Paris Campbell to truly produce, right? So then I went, well... Well, particularly after last week and Zach Pascal stealing all the thunder. Very true. So then I said, okay, so I'm going to go to this guy because everybody's going to be off of him, and I had high expectations, and I think maybe this is the game he gets going, and that's Trey Quinn. And then I said, no, I can't do that. No, no, just I can't. That's not who I'm going to put as a value play. He's $3,000 and might get 9, 10 points if we're lucky, but there's no upside, right? I want upside for my value play. So guess what? I'm going with the rookie on that same team. I'm going with Terry McLaurin this week as my value play. We have another match. Nice. (laughs) Opposing number one wide receivers are averaging seven catches, 123 receiving yards versus these Giants. With four touchdowns, including the three by Mike Evans last week. Yes. Terry McLaurin's averaged five catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown per game over his first two games. We're watching him right now. Hasn't scored yet, but I think he's been involved in the passing game. Uh, McLaurin is a great play this coming week against the Giants at a great price. Yeah, and I mean, you look no further than, hey, Mike Evans got to wake up against that Giants secondary. And yeah, I do expect McLaurin to... um hit Pater at least once and put up some very, very good numbers. So not as cheap as we would normally go from a value play, but I think the value is the fact that you could get five times value on him. Exactly. All right, we're going to match here too. Who are you paying up for at tight end? (laughs) I'm going to pay up for a guy who's a little too cheap. Uh, Austin Hooper versus Tennessee. No, we don't agree on the pay up. Tennessee doesn't give up a lot of yards to opposing tight ends. But every single team has scored a tight end touchdown against them this year. Hooper's coming off a two-touchdown day again, again as Matt Ryan finally remembered that he actually had a tight end. So, you know what? If Ryan can like not suffer concussion and forget that he's got Austin Hooper to throw to, he might just throw to him again in the red zone. So through two weeks... Um, the Redskins ranked ninth in points allowed to the tight end position. Of course, right now the game's going on, so we can't add that into the week three mix. Um, and it's not like the Bears really have much at tight end as it is. But Trey Burton's already three for 20. Um, Adam Shaheen, one for seven, so they're four for 27. Hey, um, now I'm playing Evan Ingram, who has been truly the money guy to grab at tight end this year when you could get him after the big three guys were off the board. Well, and he's going to catch a lot of those passes that were aimed at uh, yep. one Saquon Barkley next week, too. Yes, he's got severe upside. So that's why I'm paying up for Evan Ingram at 57 and 6,800. I bet we agree on our stay away here. And I know it's not going to be easy for you, but who are you staying away from? I'm going to stay away from Travis Kelsey at Detroit. We got seven. Uh, Detroit has allowed the fifth fewest yards to opposing tight ends. In the end, I think Kelsey's going to do just fine line wise, but. 
there's just so many better, safer options for a lot less money. So what you can point at very quickly and easily also is Zach Ertz, four for 64. That's a solid week, right? Yep. But who else did Philly have at receiver so that either that took away from the fact that they could cover him better, but they had Aguilar who just couldn't catch and you know went eight, eight balls, 50 yards for two touchdowns, but he dropped so many balls. Um, but you know the fact that they controlled Ertz, it just, again, too high a price and too little upside, so that's why I'm also staying away from Mr. Kelsey this week. Well, who's your play? So I had two. I crossed one out. Um, I'll give you the first one. Um, TJ Hawkinson, who had a great week one, a not-so-great week two and three, one catch, one yard last week against the Eagles. Love the matchup this week. But the guy that I'm going with, I'm creating a stack with my quarterback that I said I was paying up for. Cheaper, 3,600, 5,100. Mr. Will Disley. I like his matchup. Ding, 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 ding. Come on, really? We got another match. Eight this week. We both went with Will Disley. I think we're going to be picking on Arizona a lot this year. Through three weeks, Arizona's allowed 68 more receiving yards to opposing tight ends than the next worst team. Plus, they've allowed five tight end touchdowns already. Over the last two weeks, Disley has averaged five and a half catches, 56 yards. He's got three scores over that span. Obviously, Russell Wilson's involving him. Uh, He was a breakout candidate at the start of last year, got hurt, uh, didn't really get a chance to come back at all last year. This is his chance to come back, and he's coming back with a vengeance. And, you know, as long as they don't really have that solid number two outside of Tyler Lockett, he's just going to get a few more looks. So, um, and then I guess we should say this for any new listeners that we have. Harley and I discussed what we're going to talk about in the segment before um, the DFS stuff. But when the DFS stuff comes up, we have not discussed who we like or prices or anything like that off air. So we truly, when we say, okay, what are we going to match on over under, it's pure guess. And I don't think we've ever had eight matches um, out of 12. That's, that's pretty daggone good batting average. Maybe during the really, really short slates, like during DFS bye week from hell. But uh, yeah, yeah, for an early season one like this, it's really hard to get that many matches. So what that says, though, is that those players that we matched on are the ones you really need to hammer into your lineup. I would hope so. <laughs> and hopefully they hammer the stat line like we need them to. Um, with that said, I think we're going to wrap this up before Skype decides to rear its ugly head again. It really has been a tougher um, session for us than our listeners hopefully realize um, but we powered through it um, kind of like an ankle injury on a running back or a hand injury on a wide receiver or a hammy or something you know we did what we had to do and we stayed out there no crying in football rub some dirt on it and get back out there so if you have any questions something you need answered feel free to reach out to harley on twitter at nuclear harley you can reach out to me at steve gallo nfl and of course if you haven't done so yet do it now don't wait. Go subscribe to The Huddle. All kinds of great, useful tools and, and things like that and articles. And two weeks ago, you could have got my picks against the spread when I went 15-1. and one. We won't talk about this week. Um, and, you know, stuff like that to help hopefully make you some money. And I'll say this. Until next week, as we always say, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>